Welcome, welcome to another wonderful episode of the Diaspora Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Victor Osio, and I'm your Diaspora Chief. Now, listen, I have a special guest, a special guest. This guy <laughs> is full of so much, you know, he's kind of, I'll say an outlier because he couldn't actually fit into the <laughs> into the program, into the rat race, into the code, into the nine to five. You know, he's been in and out, in and out, in and out until, you know, I said, tough. Let me go out and actually do this. And he found his niche, you know, because he was always feeling like a fish out of water. But when he finally found his niche in 2019, this man, man, he went on to build a successful real estate business through social media. Guys, social media, don't take it for granted. He went to build a successful real estate business through social media, making great connections with people, you know, and he went from being broke and 200K, not Naira, not pesos, but 200,000 <laughs> in debt. Uh, just over two months, he went, two years, I beg your pardon, he went debt free, including his own home in this, this year, 2022. So it's a real testimony. I won't go any further. His name is John Shukman. Hello, John. How are you today? Victor, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for all you're doing. Um, it's so, you know, we said before you started recording, it's so cool to connect with other podcasters that are helping people. And so I'll just start with thank you so much for what you're doing and how you're helping people. And thank you for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, well, friend, the pleasure is all mine, John. The pleasure is all mine, John. See, the thing is, you, you, you have a passion for helping people grow their businesses through social media because you've done it. And you lead a community of community helping realtors, creating success through social media and creating organic relationship with people. John, how 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 did you manage to do this? Because you got kicked out from your job, you got a sack. So how did you manage to like? Yeah. What you built? Yeah. Well, again, I, I love it. I love it. Thank you again for the introduction. And I just think, you know, there's one of the things I love to share, and I've shared this with my membership, with people that I coach in real estate. Um, they kind of ask, like, I don't understand your journey. Like, how the heck did you get here? Um, and I think the best way I can describe my journey is um, there's a great Albert Einstein quote that basically says, everyone is a genius. But if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will grow up its whole life thinking it is stupid. And that really, when I heard that quote, I'm like, that's me. I'm the fish that felt like it was stupid for so long. And so when I heard that, it was kind of like, okay, I want to believe that I'm a genius, but all these jobs have told me that I'm not. So what am I missing? Um, and I'll kind of really quick for your audience, basically worked um, W-2. So uh, here in the States, uh, I'm, I'm from a, uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, so about an hour and a half, two hours outside of Philadelphia. Basically, um, for 15 years from the time I was 16 years old, worked W-2 jobs. So a nine to five, you know, standard job, like, like most of us grow up to work. And I did what everybody does. You grow up, you go to school, you get a nine to five job, and that's what you do. And I never fit in. And I couldn't understand why. Um, and, and what I learned was, you know, I'm a very hard worker, Victor. I work incredibly hard. I'm not good at being like a yes man, like just say, yes, I'll do what you want. Right. I would, I would have been terrible in the military because I don't just like people telling me, you know, do this because I say so. Um, I want to know why I want to, you know, so a few of my jobs, I would question, why are we doing this? And I think, Jobs don't, some jobs don't want you to question it. They're like, here, go do this. This is what we're paying you and shut up basically. And so, um, and so it's crazy. So, so, and I'll share an example, you know, even, even there in, in London, you know, people go to banks, right? I worked at a bank at one of my previous jobs. Um, and I, you know, someone, my assistant branch manager would email me, Hey, can you send this email? And I'm like, did you just email me to send an email? Right. Like, and so I wasn't good at just like, yep. 
you you hear it and i think the listeners can hear like yeah i'd be frustrated too now many of you maybe you're good at just saying yep i'll do whatever you say because you're the boss i questioned it and i i questioned authority not just to question it but to learn why do we do it this way um for years there's a big company here in the united states chick-fil-a for years i worked in management there and i would always be trying to improve things do things differently and you know if you're if you've ever been to chick-fil-a or a busy restaurant maybe there in london or all across the world at one o'clock in the afternoon during the lunch rush they don't want you to improve things they just want you to get the food out the dang window right yeah and so so part of my you know and it wasn't every job's fault right part of my struggle was not realizing hey 12 o'clock one o'clock in the afternoon isn't the time to improve things it's time to just get food out the window Four in the afternoon when there's no rush is a time. So, man, it's been a crazy, crazy journey. I'm a person of faith, so I have to thank God because God has blessed me and my wife and our family so much. It is crazy that I get to do what I love in real estate um, and through the podcast and through coaching realtors and have cool conversations like this and call it a job. So I'll stop, but I'm, I love what I do. I love what I get to do. And I love meeting amazing people like you that are pouring into people and helping them grow. So yeah, excited to be here. It's been a crazy, crazy couple of years, but I'm very thankful. I can see, I, I can see the fire in your eyes. Like I don't have any, I don't have any energy at all, Victor. You, uh. <laughs> you're gonna have to really pull it out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, th I think. So, wait, how did you grow up? Did you grow up with this kind of mentality? Like, you know what? I need to like question everything. How did you grow up? Oh, that's a great question, man. I love that. Um, so if I think about my background. I grew up with three sisters. Now I have a brother, but he wasn't born until I was 14. So it was me and three girls. So I think, you know, even going back to childhood, right, you know, 20, 30 years ago, um, really even even childhood, probably because I was around three girls and I love them, you know, I love all three of my sisters very much. But I think I always sort of question why are things this way? No, I'm going to do things a different way because I'm the boy, right? Um and so I, I think I just grew up sort of always questioning things. You know, I during I think we all have that phase when, I, you know, from the time I was like 17 to 25, I wasn't good at listening to people and I wasn't out making bad decisions, man. It wasn't like I was being stupid or sleeping around or drinking or any of that. I just was dumb. Like when I, I, I don't know how else to say it. When I went to college, it wasn't like I was doing drugs. I just I would stay up late playing video games and not wake up for 8 a.m. classes, right? So it was just like, I didn't, I guess you could say I didn't have common sense. Like I wasn't thinking, like critical thinking was not one of the skills I possessed <laughs> at the times, but I always questioned everything. And I think really, um, really when I was 25, 26, you know, you, I think you often, many of us have that realization like, oh, maybe my parents weren't as dumb as I thought. Like maybe my parents were smarter. And so, I learned from that, made those things right as best as I could, tried to grow, um, met my wife when I was 28. I had tons of debt, credit card debt, car debt, student loan debt, any debt you could think of, I had it um, because I always had the latest and greatest of these, right? And I'm holding up my iPhone, always had to have the latest and the best stuff and never really thought like, wait, I'm, I'm broke. Why am I broke, Right. Um, and so there's someone I'm, I'm sure some of your audience has heard of it, but then we got married, kind of went through a course through our church, Financial Peace University, um, Dave Ramsey's plan. He's big here in the States, and I, I know people all across the world know him. Um, and really, I'm like, I, wait a second. I have no money to my name. I've worked, you know, what was I, 30 at the time? I have no money to my name and I've worked for 14 years. Why? And that's when I started to realize you work a job that you, you know, Dave has this quote that people work jobs that they don't like to buy things that they don't need to impress people that they don't like. And it's like, hmm, I've been doing that, right? I had to have the latest iPhone, iPad, I, anything with an I, I had it. <laughs> um, and so I think I just, learn from that man like you it, like I, I just unfortunately wasn't making wise decisions and so that's kind of how like in in a span of really four years five years since me and my wife got together it literally was like a switch clicked in my head financially my life changed 
you know, and then a couple years later, my career changed everything. It, it, it's been a crazy journey, but but incredible at the same time. What do you what, 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 what I'm what I'm getting here is that you had you had the you had the revelation or you have the like the did you have any wow moment like okay wait a minute before the actual change took place or how did you go? Um, in terms of finances or jobs or all in the terms above. of finances, yeah. Yeah, in terms of finances, I'll just say, um, like, again, we were, you know, we were living in an apartment, me and my wife for $800 a month, and we had all this debt. And we're like, wait a second, we have a ch very cheap, right, a very inexpensive one bedroom apartment. Like, why do we have no money? And she had to take me through the budget, you know, it, sort of like I was a five year old, and, and I wish I would have known more, but I can't go back like, and I'm realizing, oh, you're buying a soda every time you go out. You know, you're just driving 20 minutes and you're stopping 10 minutes down the road for a soda. You know, I think like I just spent and spent and spent and swiped credit cards. Um, I drove <laughs> I drove like nice Acuras, Cadillacs when I was, you know, 18, 24, 25 years old. Um, and so it's even seeing like, wait a second, you're spending money on a car payment. You know, I even I heard someone recently say, oh, I own a Tesla. And I'm thinking you don't own a, You know, it was like an 18 year old kid. And I'm like, wait, I didn't want to say this, but I, I, part of me wanted to be like, you don't own a Tesla. The bank owns a Tesla and you pay them 800, 700 dollars a month or whatever it is. So I'm not against nice cars. I think in my journey, I realized I just had to be more responsible with money. And my wife, man, she's a saint. She was very patient along it, right? Just, you know, told me about it and then prayed for me and just kind of gave me time because I didn't come around overnight. It took some time. But that was, I think the big revelation was looking at you make good, you both make pretty good money. You know, I think combined, we probably not great money, but we made what, $80,000, $90,000 combined and had nothing to show for it. And it was like, wait a second, why? And then she kind of showed me and then, then just gave me time. And so I think that for your audience, you might be living with a spouse who maybe was like me that wasn't being responsible. And so maybe you got to pray about it if you're a person of faith, like, and, and let them have their time and then kind of come back. You know, I think my wife kind of gave me, was it six, seven, eight months? And then was like, all right, do you see why we have no money? We're eating out every night, those kinds of things. So I would say that was my big revelation there. Hmm. That was that was that was good because I won't say, but the Nigerian woman, <laughs> I don't think it will give you up to nine, eight months. So like I might get crucified for this, but <laughs> <laughs> they give you, they give you, see, if they give you a quarter, then. You are so lucky. You are so lucky. <laughs> you got lucky. three months to <laughs> Yeah. See, if yeah. not, see, you need to you need to get your senses right. You get. I do think too, Victor, that's a great point though, too, because right, I should have been responsible, right? A 27, 28, 29, whatever it was, shouldn't have to be like, oh, why do I have no money? Right. And so I do think it's it's a lesson for all of us to say, yes, are we is. being responsible? See, John, it's not, it's not, there's, there's nothing different. The, the reason why I am doing this, this podcast, because I see so many, I live in London. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. It's one of the most packed as well. And it is so multicultural. It's one of the most multicultural cities in the world. Mm -hmm. So you see, you see when you get on the train, we call them train, we call them, no, everybody calls them train. But the underground, mm -hmm. it's packed in the morning, 7 a.m. The rush hour, you see different people from Eastern Europe, Africa, the U.S., all over the world on the trains. But when they're coming back at night in the evening, you see them so tired. Yeah. Just want to go home. Mm -hmm. you, see, you, see, you see some of them are just like they've given up. So this just, you know, this, um, I forgot who made this quote. I think it was from, uh, uh, I forgot the quote. It regards men that have quiet desperation, men that are quietly desperate. You see the desperation in their faces, but you know that there's something actually going on underneath that 
charisma. Mm-hmm. You know that these guys are desperate to get, I believe they are desperate to get a way out mm-hmm. of this constant grind, this constant will. This con- There are people in their 60s that are just, they haven't realized what you realized at the age of 25. Mm-hmm. They still go and they go and they go and they go and they go. I like the quote you just mentioned. Uh, can you repeat that quote again? I say, people do the jobs they don't like. Just repeat that again. Because- yeah, the, it, it's really a Dave Ramsey quote, but it basically says that, um, you know, he looks at culture and says that um, people work jobs that they don't like to buy things that they really can't afford mm-hmm. to impress people they don't like. And I and I think that's what we do, right? Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not against having like nice cars, right? Think about a BMW or Mercedes or Tesla. Am I driving that? Now I drive a Chevy Cruze, a beat up Chevy Cruze that's paid off because, you know, we have goals besides nice cars. And one day I hope to drive a Tesla and I'll hopefully, Lord willing, pay cash for it. But but I think it's it's very important to think about, am I buying this item right today as today as we talk? Apple today or yesterday had their their new, um, you know, everything new for the quarter. Right. And everybody's like, I'm going to order the iPhone 14. I'm going to order the new AirPods. I'm going to order this. And so I'd question your listeners and all of us, really. Am I driving that BMW or Mercedes or Tesla or the iPhone, whatever it is? Am I doing it because I actually like the product or am I doing it so that people will be impressed by me? Mm -hmm. Right. When they pull up to the stoplight. Do I want them to be impressed by me or do I just drive it because I like it? And I I think it's a heart check, right? I think for me, when I, you know, I've I've driven a Tesla before and I'm like, hey, look at me, right? You kind of feel like you want people to look at you. So mm-hmm. so so my thing is, you know, checking yourself. Why are you doing this? Right. For people out there that are still working a traditional job, you know, and you're doing the one and a half one hour commute every morning however many miles or kilometers whatever it is like are you doing that because you love that job or or are you doing that to buy stuff that you think will make you happy now right and i'm a faith person so spiritually i'm like there's there's a deeper longing besides stuff that stuff won't fill but anyway I think you have to check yourself, right? I got the iPhone 13 and I thought it would make me happy. Did it make me happy? No, but then the iPhone 14 comes out and I think that'll make me happy. And Mm so, um, right, these companies, and and I'm not, they're not bad. I love Apple products. I love, but I think like their job is to get you, right? When you watch what they release on commercials or TV or whatever, YouTube, you're, you're supposed to, they want you to have an emotional response, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, if I have this phone, I will feel like that person in the clip looks like they feel. They look happy and excited, right? Um, so I don't know how I got on that tangent, but I think that's a huge lesson for people. Yeah, there's a different there's there's another class of people who actually do two hours commute and two two hours tow, two hours fro daily. Not because they really like the job, not because they want to buy stuff, I don't, but just because they want to survive. And they have no other option. No, no, no they believe they believe they have no other option. Yeah. That is why this podcast is here. To let them know that there is a different way to go. There's a different path. If you just tilt yeah. your head just a little bit. Now you you went from how did you how did you start this journey to where you are right now into real estate? How did you um, discover your niche? Yeah, no, thank you so much. And what I will say really quickly to that is sometimes you have to do the things like I totally can appreciate someone has to work a job and they have to commute that. So that's not me insulting them. Go and grind and go and work your butt off to make it so that you don't have to do that. Um, Like, you know, so so when, and I'll get into it in a second, but like I did DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, all of that when I lost my job that I'll get into in a second to make ends meet, right? I lost my job. So I we had no income. I did my real estate courses, got into real estate, and I did anything 
grub like i was doing uber driving lyft doordash anything you can imagine to keep food on the table i didn't love driving for uber i did it to survive but so so i would just say hey if you're in that position do what you have to do to pay the bills and take care of your household but as you do that, think about, okay, that should, right, if you're doing a job you hate, it should motivate you. I got to build something. I got to do something. You know, I, I have special, I have gifts. What am I going to do with them? So, yeah, really. And the long story short of how I got into real estate and found my niche was, like I kind of said, I went 15 years, W-2 job, uh, you know, nine to five job to nine to five job, always I would, I think the longest I lasted at a job in 15 years was probably a year and a half max, right? So you can imagine, let's see, 15 years, I probably, and some of them were three months, six months. I, um, I just, again, part of it was questioning authority. Part of it was that, I mean, again, it wasn't like, I'm not stealing from the cash register. I'm not sleeping, all those different things. I, I wasn't doing that stuff, but I just, I, I had passions for things and, and wasn't good at being told, go here, go there, do this, do that. Oh, no, you you showed up at work at 9.01 when you were supposed to be here at 9. And I'm like, well, I got stuck in traffic. Like, I did my best. But really, the long and the short of it was I lost a job, a job February 26th, 2019. I'll remember the day like it was yesterday. Um, during that job at a bank I had never been and people still don't believe it but I'd never been written up I'd never had any disciplinary actions in my year and a half there um and boom fired one day um and that happened often at jobs um for me so when that happened I applied for jobs basically all 2019 March April May June could not get a job I probably I'm not kidding this is not like exaggerating probably had 50 to 100 interviews like five to 10 interviews a week and would not could not get a job um so uh my wife so i i have a mentor and and um uh, i called him that day crying and i said vincent his name is vincent um and i said vincent i lost my job and he said this is the best thing never happened to you and i said you're an idiot. You have no idea what you're talking about. This is the worst thing never happened to me. Like my wife is pregnant with our first child due in, in August or September. This is the worst thing. And he said, John, you have this passion to be an entrepreneur. You know, at the time I was doing photography, but he's like, you have this passion as an entrepreneur. Now you have no excuse. You have to go and make it work because if you, right, you just cut your income in half from 80,000 to 40,000 or whatever, 37,000 was what she was making, whatever it was like, and now you've got a pregnant wife, you have no choice. So that, so applied for job after job um, that summer, you know, I really, the thing I learned, Victor is like, I had always had gifts. So every job, even though I didn't keep jobs every single job was always in sales so so i realized okay john you're good at sales you're good at selling stuff you know my stepdad taught me how to sell so he joked that i could sell ice to an eskimo um i was good at sales how do how do i combine that with relationships and i remember that summer talking to the person who now leads our real estate team and and i was like hey i lost my job like what how do you think i'd be good in real estate and he said you would crush it in real estate you're really good at sales, but not just you're not the pitchy car salesman, also the relationship piece. And so uh, so took my real estate courses that summer, um, still continued to apply for nine to five jobs. I, I didn't see it at the time, like you're not meant for a nine to five job um, and did my courses. And then, you know, I remember there being one final interview, probably July. Um where me and my wife had said, you know, we've done all these interviews, 50 to 100 interviews, you're not getting a job. I had done the real estate courses starting in June um, through August. And so we kind of felt like, hey, if you do not get this job, we feel like God is telling us to, you know, go hardcore 100, you know, full time at real estate. Um, <laughs> and so I didn't get the job. They said they were going to, they literally in the interview said they were going to hire me. I called her. And they called me the next day and said they they went with an internal candidate at the last minute in the bank, that that financial institution. And so that was it. And, you know, you 
that just so you all know, and I know I'm, I'm going on, but that wasn't like, oh, suddenly everything's great, right? That's not the rags to riches. It, it wasn't. Um, I did not sell any real estate for 10 months. <laughs> so even once I got licensed as a realtor, I still struggled. But I started posting on social media. Hey, I'm a realtor. Hey, I'm doing real estate. Um, I would host open houses. And as a realtor, you don't make money doing that. You just are trying to attract clients. And I would, um, you know, I had one client and I was doing showing. So I would post that stuff on Facebook. My first client I got in November. So February to June, you know, June, I get my real estate license. August, I'm officially licensed as a realtor five days before our son was born and he just turned three. So been a realtor three years. Um, my first client then settled on a home in April. So I made no money in that time. But what I saw, Victor, was I'm posting on social media about real estate and I would get messages from people. Wow, you're really crushing it in real estate. You're killing it. And I'm thinking, um, I haven't sold a house and I'm worried I'm going to lose mine. I'm not crushing it. But what I learned in that, and I hope this, this is really the point for your audience, is the perception of social media is what you post. I wasn't dishonest. I, hey, showing a house to a client. Hey, at this open house. I just posted what I was doing, even though those things were not making me any money at the time. And I posted it and people are like, wow, you're crushing it. And so long story short, turned that. Finally, 2020, I I you know built some success. 2021, tripled that income. <laughs> Create a six-figure gear figure income I'm sorry in 2021 and then that six figure income in 2021 by the end of June this year in 2022 I had already equaled um I was like 98% of that income by the end of June I had equaled my entire 2021 income so yeah I'm sorry long explanation but it been been a crazy journey and and I'm very again very thankful God has blessed our family in so many ways to you know create success in real estate and allow my you know my wife to now stay home with our kids which she she did once real estate got started wow that is that is that is such a blessing to hear going from you know because when you when, when you speak to to people who are on your level right now they tell you, oh, I went from being um being broke to mm -hmm. six figure just like that. Mm -hmm. But but they tell you about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is missing, Thursday is missing, and you <laughs> land and you land on Sunday. Yeah. So there's some missing bits, but you kind of you filled everything up and and you were quite you were quite open to just let it see you have to do whatever it takes to mm -hmm. put food on the table, whatever it is. But the goal, the yeah. goal is still there. The goal is still there. Yeah. And you did follow it. Yeah, it's it's been a cool journey, man. And and one of the things too, you know, uh there's there's a lot of people in, in real estate that I know that are more successful than me that make more money or sell more houses or however you want to judge success. They are more of that sell more house, whatever it is. And I've talked to many of them and said, why don't you start a podcast? And they say, I don't have time. And I don't remember what it was like to struggle. And so for those of you out there having success, share your stories because the people that have been in it so long, 13 years, don't remember what it's like to struggle. One of the things, and I shared a podcast episode about this with my real estate audience. And really my show is just, like I said to you when we talked, it's just smart business advice. Like I hope it helps people, even if they don't like real estate or don't want to be a realtor or whatever. But one of the episodes I shared, it was called, I'd have to look it up, but I said, don't forget what got you there. And it was talking about a business partner who like was really great at the beginning during the mortgage process. And then, you know, working with me a couple of years has kind of like slacked off. And I had I sat down with him and said, do not forget what got you there. Do not forget the struggle and how hard you worked and keep working hard for your clients. And all that to say, in terms of how I now coach realtors or entrepreneurs or people looking for social media help, I have to remember what it was like making 
you know, under $50,000 my first year in real estate and feeling like we were going to lose our home. I can't ever let go of that. It sucks to, you know, I get emotional thinking about it. And it's still crazy that two years after I thought I was going to lose my house, I paid off my $165,000 house. But I don't ever want to forget. I hope that we, you know, I hope we stay friends and I come back on the show in 10 years and tell you, <laughs> I remember, I still remember the struggle and I still operate the same way as a realtor 13 years in as I did three years in that I remember that first 10 months of not selling a house. I remember the struggle. I remember we asked, <laughs> we asked family members to move in with them last June of 2020. Right. You know, because I had only had one deal at that point and, um, you know, and and it didn't work out because of their living situation. And I'm so, you know, and it and again, then really it was kind of like that didn't work out. And then real estate really started to boom. But that was not even two and a half years ago, Victor, that I was asking someone, can I live with you? Because I need to sell my home because I can't afford to live. And two years after that, this June of 2022, I paid off my house. So I don't ever want to forget the pain and the emotion of 2019, 2020 in my business, because it helps me be a better coach and mentor to the people that are in my shoe, in, in the shoes I was in then that are there now struggling in their real estate or whatever business. Like, how do I survive, John? What am I going to do? Right. I know that feeling. John, John, why did you not give up? <laughs> oh, man. oh, Victor, that's such a great question. I had no choice. I had no choice, right? You know, so when I got, like I said, I got my real estate license and my son was born five days later and we had no other option. So I didn't even share this part, but really quick. Um, my wife took her maternity leave here in the United States. Anyway, it's a messed up system, but she get uh, got three months off. So she took that. Her first day back at work was her birthday in December, which was awful for her. She cried all day. Um, that's when her maternity leave ended. So, so from December to March, I was like stay-at-home dad trying to survive on our $38,000 income that she was making, feeling like a bum that I'm not making money. Um, and then, and realizing I can't be a stay-at-home dad. I love my son, but I was just not gifted at it. She loved it. She cried every morning leaving for work. And I'm like, I have to survive. I have to. So I hustled, man, every weekend at an open house, every time I did a real estate thing, posting it on Facebook, um, I had no choice. Right. Um, and then, you know, COVID happened and it was terrible for, you know, a lot of reasons. Um, that March, she started working from home. So I did like four months of stay at home dad, COVID happened. And then our son would nap from 12 to four. So if I could help her from like 8am when he woke up to noon, like just, hey, you know, um, take care of him, feed him, yeah, get yeah. him, get him dressed play and help him survive at noon, he would go down at four. So noon was like, all right, dad's clocking in and going to work and I would work, you know, 12 PM to midnight or 3 AM or whatever it was. Um, I would go to work at that time. And then, you know, she was done work at four 30. So she would get him up at 4 PM and, you know, he'd play for a few minutes and she'd clock out. So as bad as COVID was for us, it was kind of a blessing that I could go out and sell real estate because she was working from home. Um, yeah, but I, I give such long answers. I'm sorry, but I, I just think I had no choice. Um, I coach realtors now and the realtors that are having success had this moment. Maybe it's a light bulb moment. Maybe it's something else where they said, I have no freaking choice, right? The realtors that are struggling are the ones that are like, well, I'll just do this on the side. Oh, I'll do my full-time job. I was coaching one realtor who worked at my previous financial institution. So I said to him, I'm like, I know you're making $40,000 a year. I know you can make a lot more than that in real estate. And he's like, but I can't give up my income. And I'm like, but if you were to quit, or I almost pray that he got fired. <laughs> I'm, like, if you, I'm like, if you were to quit today, I promise you in a year from now, you would be making more money. And then you would triple that and then make that by the summer. Like he's seen my journey, but he just, 
so many people in the nine to five job, you know, traditional job are not willing to bet on themselves and take a leap of faith. That's why my mentor Vincent said to me, this is the best thing to ever happen to you, John, the day I got fired when I'm crying on the phone, because he knew I had no choice. And he knew you're going to either make it work now or lose your house and go bankrupt. And you're not, you're not going to let that happen. You want to provide for your wife and your, you know, soon to be son. So I really think if you're out there listening to this, look, I get so passionate. <laughs> if you're out that's there what, listening, that's to what, that's what we want. That's what I want. That is what I yeah, want. That's I love I it, want. man. If you're listening to this and you've thought there is something else for me, there's something else I should be doing. I know I can make more money doing something else. You know, when we get off this call, I get to go be with my kids all day. This is the first we're talking in the evening here in the in Pennsylvania. This is the first thing I've done all day. Now, this isn't every day, but today we had some doctor's appointments. We had some stuff. I spent all day with my kids and my wife. And now I'm kind of exhausted. But but like, man, that's when you're an entrepreneur. Sometimes it means 12 hour days, 15 hour days. Other days, it means I get to be with my wife and my kids. I get to do whatever I want, you know. Next week, I'm going to a baseball game and I'll leave at noon. Right. So like and I just think so. So, so that's the point I really want to get across. If you're so when, out, so when, so, so when, when you're starting up, I know you had uh, you had your wife, which is one of your pillars of support yes. or one of your support circle. Did you mm. did, do you did you have any other person to like share you on? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you know, my faith and people that I, you know, church was a big part of that supporting, supporting me during that time. Um, I think another, I would say my team leader, his name's Andy. And now we kind of co-lead the team together, but he said like, you can survive in real estate. Like I had seen the successful career he had created. And so I kind of knew this is possible. And that's why I get so pumped about these interviews and what you're doing and what I'm trying to do in small ways, because if we can just tell one person Mm -hmm. realtors, entrepreneurs, whatever they're doing, this is possible. They start to believe, oh, wait, it might actually be possible for me because this person, Victor, John, whoever has done it. And I think I'm so glad that, you know, my wife supported me. Some friends from church supported me. Andy on the team supported me because I, I might've given up, right? I might've given up if I didn't believe, okay, no, these people believe in me. They've told me I have these skills. And, um, you know, and, and, and I know I can do this. I have the passion, right. For sales and relationships. So I think that's a big thing. Right. And even now, Victor, now I get to do that for other people, for other realtors, you know, all across the globe. And you can look this up. The market is shifting, right? You're not going to sell a house in a weekend with 37 offers and all these waived contingencies. So how are you going to flex? How are you going to adjust? And so now I get to teach realtors, Hey, it's not going to be as easy as it's been, you know, for you the last year. How are you going to adjust? How are you going to? So, and, and again, that's why I love what you're doing. Cause I love giving back to people. I love the people that Andy, my wife, friends of mine, I love people that have poured into me. And so if I can do that in a small way for someone else, that's, that's what I'm, that's my, you know, I often think about the word impact. That's like the word that mm -hmm. would be like hanging over here in a banner, like impact. How am I going to impact my family and my, you know, son and daughter, my wife, how am I going to impact my clients in real estate? How am I going to impact the realtors that I get to coach? And so I often think about the word impact. How are you going to impact people? How are you going to help others? Wow. So two questions. Two questions, John, before we round up now. You, 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 have, you have a community that you lead of realtors. What is the power? Is that, is, I don't know if it's redundant, the power of the social media, the power of social media. Yeah, the effect it has on you and your business. So what was, how are you using social media? How are you advising your your community now to yeah. use social media? Yeah, and I will say, I'm glad you asked this. And this is not a pitch. This is not a thing. When I'm on podcast, um, what I used to do for realtors, and this is how I grew the membership, was do a 15-minute free social media audit where I'll look at your pages and tell you, here's some things you could improve, right? And normally I get on and I'm like, yeah, this is terrible. Not to insult, just to say like, there's there's quick things you could do. So this is not a pitch. 
I would do that for free for any of your audience, any podcast listener. There's no strings attached. There's no like you've got to sign up for this or I'm going to try to pitch you this. I love helping people with this. So if you're like, wait, how do I grow business on social media? How do I talk about it? Let's jump on a Zoom call 15 minutes. I'm happy. And again, I'm not going to ask you to buy anything. You know, one person said, I'd love to chat, but I don't have I'm not buying whatever you're selling. And I was like, oh, well. I don't have anything to sell. So <laughs> I just, <laughs> I want to help people. So it's what I, yes, what, what I've really learned, and I think the power of social media is, um, so I have 3,500 or 4,000, whatever it is, connections on Facebook, right? Those people are my friends, right? They want to support what I'm doing. Many of them didn't even know I got into real estate, right? Maybe they were off Facebook for six months. You know, I've had still to this day, three years into real estate, I'll put something on an Instagram story or a Facebook story and um, someone will message me and be like, oh, I didn't know you were a realtor, right? A lot of people don't post because they're like, no, they already know what I do. Well, no, you, you know, the algorithm shows different people, different things. So like, you don't know. Um, and I think here's the other thing I'll say to your audience. I'll try not to cry because I feel like every time I say this, you know how passionate I am about my family. <laughs> there are 1,500 realtors in my county, in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, okay? So what, and what I've taught the membership and what I try to teach people on the podcast is there's 1,500 realtors, right? All fighting for business, right? And so if I... So, so, so when I think about, you know, selling a home, that's food on my kid's plate and my wife plate. Right. And so those 1500 realtors, some of them are going to post on social media and someone's going to see that instead of my post. And so by not posting, I, I'm letting them take food off my kid's plate. I'm letting them take food off my wife's plate, man. And so I think whatever business you're doing, don't pitch, Right. If you look at my Facebook and I'll, you know, have Victor put it in the links and whatever, I don't pitch at all. I never say, please work with me as a realtor. Here's what I do. And here's what you can do in your business. I share stories. Hey, this is, this is Bill and uh, Bill. <laughs> I was going to say Bill and Jill. This is Joe and Barbara. Joe and Barbara thought they couldn't afford a home. They went through this process with a lender. We looked at homes. The market was crazy. They finally found a home. I'm so Congratulations, Bill and Jill, uh, Bill and whatever, Barbara, on, on this journey. Thanks for letting me be a small part of it, right? I could be like, wait a second, I'm a big part. I wrote the contracts. I showed the house. It, it's, it's coming from a place of humility and of serving mm -hmm. and of promoting the people around you. So I don't say, oh, I'm a great realtor. Look at me. Think about like your podcast. If I share it, uh, you know, you know, when you, when this episode comes out, if I share it, I'm promoting you. Yep, yep, yep. But yep. but selflessly, like by promoting you, I'm also promoting sharing my story, right? Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> I have such long answers, I'm sorry. So I think that's the key to social media. How can you do it in a way that tells people what you're doing, shares stories, and serves people, right? That's why I'll jump on a social media call with anyone. Why? Because I'm guessing eventually that person might know somebody who knows somebody who might need what I'm doing, mm -hmm. but my heart is always, how can I help? How can I serve? Um, between my membership, the real estate clients, the podcasting, I want to, every week I want to ask myself the questions, how have I served or connected with one of my past clients? How have I served or connected or helped grow the membership in one of their real estate business? There's a lot of podcasters out there that, you know, need support. Um, how can I support what they're doing? Leave a review, share their link, except. And so you can even use social media to just talk about the other cool people in your life mm -hmm. too. So I, I think it's the power of serving and the power of sharing stories really connects with people. It really wow. does. And, and you also help in building relationships. Oh, yeah can you just yeah. throw some light on that because yeah. starting up starting up starting up a new business or a new niche or going to a new a new industry you need to build relationships so how did you choose social media or what yeah i, I love that question and thank you the questions are all amazing i i think 
Um, one of the cool things now I have not, I've been busy in my business, but one of the things I really want to do in my business is go around to small business restaurants. Now, maybe I, is it a Facebook live, small business Saturday, small business? I don't, I don't, but, but go around. So here you guys can do it and tell me how it works. Cause I've heard go around, go to the pizza shop, go to the restaurant, go to the bar, go to the bakery, support what they're doing buy right don't go in asking some for something for free buy something hey this was really good is the owner here um no, yeah the owner's here why can i interview them why well i'm i'm a local realtor or carpenter or whatever i would just like to you know share their story on my facebook you know my facebook page and just talk about what they're doing so i've gone i've supported the business i've complimented hey the food was great the whatever was great I've then said, can I interview you? Basically, can I interview you and promote your business for free? And then they say, why? And I'm like, I'm I'm passionate about Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm passionate about my community. And I love, hey, if there's a great restaurant in the area, I want my clients to know about it. Mm -hmm. But But do you see, like, if it comes from a heart of like, how do I serve people? I know realtors that all they really do is post on TikTok, Instagram Reels, everything. Restaurants, businesses small you know small shops to shop at and they get so much business i know a realtor here locally he sponsors a free coffee saturday every saturday he's supporting the small business by you know buying coffee he's having people go in right and if you go into a donut shop and you buy a drink you'll probably buy a donut so they're making a sale not just the coffee like it's a win win i i think the best kinds of relationships is a win-win, you know, all the way around. Well, you know, people often think of businesses like real estate, like, oh, you win and I lose. No, most of the deals that I've loved the most, let's say I'm the buyer's agent. Uh, my client is happy. They got the home. They may be, you know, more aggressive in their offer. So they spent, a, you know, a little extra, but it was worth it to them. So they, they, they got a home they loved. I'm happy they got a home they loved. The listing agent loved the aggressive offer and was happy and the seller was like wow i didn't know my house would sell for this much above list price i'm i'm thrilled all four people win the client gets the house the seller sells the house and both agents are happy i i think often we say in business you have to win and i have to lose and i think that is a very bad philosophy i think Absolutely. we can all win in business you know i heard a quote actually earlier today i think and someone told me I forget how it came up, but rising tides raises all ships. And I'm probably saying it wrong, but think about water and the boats going up and down, man. Mm -hmm. If all the realtors in Lancaster are successful, great. Then we're all going to have success. You know, one one said, why are you coaching me and helping me? I live in your area. Aren't I going to take your business? And I said, I said, I said, if you answer your phone and and treat people with honor and integrity, you're better than 90% of the realtors out there. So no, you won't take my business because there's business out there for great people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, as you can see, I mean, I get passionate about social media yeah. because I think it's so important. Yeah, share your stuff and what you're doing in your business, but promote the people around you. When was the last time, listeners out there, you went on your personal Facebook page to talk about your friend's book, Victor's amazing podcast, like all these different things that you're hearing, share that and support them, right? Because, you know, I, one thing I'll add before, and I, I want to honor your time, you know, and in what we do in podcasting, it, it can often feel like a thankless job, right? But I'll say, man, when someone says, thank you so much for that episode, that was so helpful. I'm like, this is it. This is this why is I do it. This is it. Right. And so I think the same way with business, social media, everything, how can you help and serve others? How can you impact them? That's what it's all about. And it makes us all better people. It makes the world a better place. Yeah. So I hope that answers the question. I tell you, I tell you, we are doing God's work. You imagine we're it, doing God's work. We're bringing, we're bringing information to people, strategies and just if it's just one person that we can inspire but hope to like move the world but yeah. one person at a time you know your podcast what is the name of your podcast john 
Yes, thank you so much. My podcast is the Real Estate Survival Guide. And so really, um, so I have episodes Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, three times a week. Um, Mondays and Wednesdays are shorter, kind of like bite-sized 10-minute clips, um, advice, things I've learned, et cetera, um, through the success, but also a lot through the failure um, in my business. And Wednesdays, I have um, interviews. And my one of the cool things about Wednesdays and the interviews is sometimes I interview other realtors. But often I interview just other business people mm -hmm. because realtors can learn so much from just other businesses. Hey, how did you run your dog walking business? Hey, how did you run your um, your your grocery store? And that leads to six. You know, there's things in every business that we can apply and you know create success. So I even say probably about 30 to 40% of my audience is not realtors at all and doesn't want to be realtors. Mm -hmm. But what they tell me Actually, yeah, probably 30%. But what they tell me is that the business advice is so good. And I'm not trying to be cocky. They, they say the business advice, they really appreciate because it helps them in their business as whatever it is, even though they're not in real estate and not interested in being a realtor. So, man, it's been a lot of fun. Like, I love podcasting. I love, again, impact. And, you know, when people hear my show every week, it I hope it impacts them and, and helps them. So, yeah, that's my show, and, and it's Absolutely. been an honor to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. John, thank you very much. And if they want to contact me, if they want to contact you. Anyway, I'll have the show, the links to you, but yeah. yes, on social media, how can they find you? Yeah, so you can find me, John Shookman. It it doesn't look at all like it's spelled, so it's S-C-H-U-C-H-M-A-N, so John J-O-H-N, Shookman, S-C-H-U-C-H-M-A-N. You can connect with me on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram. I'm on primarily LinkedIn. And seriously, again, not a pitch because I'm not even asking them to buy anything. If there's anyone in your audience that would love to have 15 minutes, 30 minutes where I just help them with some quick social media tips, I would love to. There are things even in like your bio <laughs> where like you can do it. We could be on a call five minutes and it will help your business. So I see, I just, I'm so passionate about social media and so passionate about people using it for their business to help it grow for free. For free is my favorite part, doing it for free. Yeah. Thank you so much. You, what you're doing, I, I love, like I said, people that are just trying to help others and what you're doing through your podcast for the past couple of years, you know, really impressive. And thank you so much for having me on as a guest. I really appreciate your time. Thank, thank you so much, John. Thank you for coming down. I really, really appreciate this. Yes. You're so welcome, man. God bless. Thank you very much, John. So until next time, bye for now. <laughs>